Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the word this morning? If you have your Bible with you, uh, I, want you I want to invite you to go ahead and turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I just want to speak to you for a few minutes about where the Spirit lives. How many of you, how many of you know that we live in a body-conscious world? How many focus pieces do we find in today's publications, blogs, news programs, YouTube channels that are centered around physical well-being, physical appearance, whatever the case may be? And, and there's a great concern about our physique, our body, what we put on, all the things, you know, that Jesus says, hey, you might not want to worry so much about those things, but, but even in that, there's a great concern about it. Every week there's a new diet program or several new programs. There's fitness centers, walking trails, Zumba classes, and on and on the list goes. And it's an obsession for some. And while I don't know necessarily that there's any wisdom in obsessing, I do know that there is a value in exercising stewardship in this area. I believe it's right, I believe it's fitting that we would, we would exercise stewardship over our bodies the same way we would any other resource that God has entrusted to us. I believe that's right. But I want to challenge the thought today about your body and about what we do in the body because there's a deeper meaning for the Christian than simply just being fit. The day you became a Christian, there was a transformation that was more than spiritual, more than emotional, more than mental. There was a physical dimension to that conversion as well. And too often, I believe, we're disposed to compartmentalizing our, our existence or our experience between what is spiritual and what is physical. I, I believe, you know, the, the spiritual sometimes we hold to be what we do on Sunday and the physical to be what we do Monday through Saturday. Or maybe the spiritual being what we do during our daily devotion and the physical to be what we do with the rest of our day. And we compartmentalize that thing. And the result, I believe, is that we often mistakenly believe that there's little correlation between what we do in the physical and how that impacts us in the spirit. But Paul makes a clear distinction when writing to the Galatian church that this is an issue to which we should give the greatest concern because he says these words. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction, but whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And this is just one of many such verses today. And when you and I become a believer, it's more than just a rebirth of the inner man. It's also a repurposing of the body. 
Mistaken teaching suggests that things that are done in the body are of little concern or have no bearing on our, on our own spiritual things. But Paul dealt with this in the church at Corinth because they were giving themselves over to, to physical sin. They were giving themselves specifically in this context over to sexual immorality. And Paul dealt with this thing and they were, they were acting in immoral ways with their bodies. And in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he reminds the people of God and says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Remember I said, there's not, all, not just the rebirth of the inner man, but there's the repurposing of the physical man. That no longer are we just the vessel that carries around our own spirit, but the moment that we become safe, we become vessels, we become dwelling places for the Spirit of God. And he says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, listen to this. This is the question that you and I need to ask ourselves moment by moment, day by day, thought by thought, before we engage in any activity, before we consume anything that this world has to offer, before we ever take one step. It's not, is it look right to man? Does it seem pleasing according to my own intellect? But does it honor God? Let me tell you something today, church, at the onset of this message. I believe today that you can avoid a lot of heartache in your life, not trying to figure out if you can get away with it, if it's acceptable or within the margin of error, but first asking the question, is what I'm about to do or what I'm about to engage in honoring to God? That should be the first thing that we're asking. And he says, therefore... Because your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, because you've been bought with a price, because you're no longer your own, but you are God's in totality, not just your eternal spirit, but your physical being as well, because it all belongs to him. Honor God with your bodies. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Paul, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, again, is concerning activities that they were engaging their bodies in. And he reminds them that their bodies are no longer their own, but they belong to God, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want, to cons- I want you to consider a pictorial here with me for just a few minutes. The day that you become saved, there begins a process in your life of sanctification. And the process of sanctification, what it means to be sanctified necessarily is just to be set apart. The same way that Paul says, the same way that this room is set apart. We don't host worldly things in here. We don't host worldly things that are contrary to the principles of the kingdom. Why not? Because this is a hallowed place, not because there's anything special about the drywall or the carpet or the, or the, or the steel or the bricks, but because it's been set apart as a city on a hill to show forth the glory of God and to proclaim the gospel. It's a sanctified place. Your body is a sanctified place. When Jesus redeems you, you then are set apart for the glory of God. It's, some people argue, well, is it, 
instantaneous or is it progressive? I think that I think the either or argument is a silly argument because I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. That in the moment you belong to Jesus, you're set apart, but I'm not as set apart as I'm going to be as I continue to live yielded to the Holy Spirit and he continues to change me and shape me and form me and fashion me into the likeness of Jesus and it's going to become more and more evident in my life that I belong to Christ. But I want to take you to the Old Testament temple for just a few minutes here, and I want to kind of show you what happens in your life, my life, our bodies even. There's a great building of the, of the temple. There's a great, no expense has been spared. There's been great detail into its craftsmanship. There's been a lot of investment in seeing the project through, and all these things have been done. And finally, there's a day of dedication. It's a day of consecration. It's a day of sanctification, of setting this place apart for the glory of God. And the word says this, that when Solomon, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 1, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of Lord was on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Today, then, that was a temple made with hands. But under the new covenant, we learn that the spirit of the Lord doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. But rather, he dwells in temples not made with hand. God no longer confines his presence to a temple made with wood and earthen materials, but he dwells with man. He dwells in man. Yes, sir, these buildings are not God's temple. They are consecrated and set apart for his service, but they are not his temple. You are. I am. This buildings, these buildings, they are not the church. They're just the place where the church meets. I am the church. You are the church. And your body is God's temple. And I want to challenge you today that we need to be careful where it goes. We need to be careful what it does. We need to be aware of how it acts and reacts. And I believe oftentimes there's a one-sided challenge. And I've got to share with you here this moment, I, I, want to, I want to really call you to some things, and I really had to choose my voice in this moment because my inner Pentecostal wants to come out right here. And, and I want to be loud, and I want to be really brash and brazen, but I had to decide in this moment, do I want the loudest amen from the people who agree with me, or do I want the most sincere opportunity to challenge the hearts of maybe people who haven't ascended to this place in the Spirit just yet? And I, I, believe, I believe great things are in store for Faith Assembly Church. And I'm sharing this with you because I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a partaker of everything that God has for you. I'm not angry at you. God's not angry at you. But I do believe that inasmuch as we live and yield ourselves to the flesh, we cease to walk 
in the measure of anointing and favor that God has for us. And I want you to walk in it all. Connect, grow, right? I want you to grow in your experience with the Lord. And, and Lisa and I have been expecting for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the belief that as you and I seek the face of God, we're going to see dynamic things begin to happen. And I'm going to say a few things to you this morning, and as I do so, I do it as graciously as I can do. You know, there, there is, I believe, in the church world a, a tremendous impact that is the fear of being labeled a legalist. And I think that we have tried so hard in recent generations to avoid being judgmental and avoid being a legalist to the point that our grace has gotten so greasy that we're afraid to say anything about things that are sinful and not pleasing to God. We've come to a place that we are so fearful of the sensibilities of man that we've lost all reverence for the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And, and I just want to invite you today into this space where rather than fear man, we revere the things of God and we put that on first place and top priority in this house. Can we do that here? Because I believe a lot of times we get a one-sided challenge. And the one-sided challenge is that I don't believe there's a pastor alive that doesn't want his people to grow spiritually. And week after week after week after week, we proclaim the message saying, hey, you need to enter in and you need to grow and you need to seek the Lord and you need to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. But we never touch on the B side to tell you that sometimes in order to get to the promised land, you have to walk out of Egypt. The things that are binding you, the things that are holding you back, Sometimes you have to let go of good to get to better. Moreover, you certainly have to let go of bad to get to better. You agree with that? So, here's the, here's the thing. With no fear of being seen as legalist, intolerant, or having a narrow or bigoted mindset... I want to challenge you today because we've got this one-sided challenge that goes out all the time, but we tell people they need to grow in the Lord, but we, we never challenge them to stay out of the club. Because you can't be in the club on Saturday night and in the church on Sunday morning and expect to walk in victory Monday through Friday. Because sometimes to get to what's better... You have to let go of what you've got. We challenge people to walk deeper in the Lord, but we don't challenge people to let go of the party scene and to stop taking their advice from severely broken and hurting people and start filling their minds and those spaces with the good thing that the Lord has for them. And I'm going to tell you something. In order sometimes to get the fullness of what God has for you, you have to sweep out the temple. You have to clean out the temple so that it can be occupied by what God has and the fullness of what God has for you. They, we, we will shy away from challenging you in these areas. They, we won't tell you that the reason your house is lacking in the favor of God is because your relationships are out of order and you're living in sexual immorality. 
There's no challenge that brings an understanding to us that we can't get ahead spiritually and we're not growing because the choices that we keep making as we subject ourselves to the influences of strong drink, narcotics, and other mind-altering substances are leading us back to the same places of captivity that we're praying so hard and struggling so hard to get out of. And that's not legalistic. That's just the wisdom of the Word. Solomon says it. That there are some things in this life that are just mockers. And, and, and I'm, I'm not here to put anybody down. I'm not here to be legalistic. I'm just telling you that the closer you want to get to God, the more you have to let go of the things of this world. The more you want to get closer, the closer you want to get to God, the more you have to release some things that are holding you back. And, and we simply stand by sheepishly and we suggest a more wholesome life hoping that somehow ignorance is finally going to yield some insight that, Im, that the immorality that I'm allowing into my life is the real problem that's holding me back. And, and there's finally a point, even when Paul is writing to the New Testament church, that Paul has to make the same appeal that I'm making to you today. And that is simply this. Paul finally says to the church, put it off. Put off the old man. Put off all of those things. You know, you were once like the world out there, but you're not them anymore. You have been made to set together in heavenly places. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed with a purpose. Our minds can't fully conceive. Our minds can't fully comprehend the fact that the God of the universe is able to dwell within the hearts of men corporately. God's in all our hearts right here in this place corporately. God's in my heart as an individual. He's in your heart as an individual. And that he does all this simultaneously because he's so much greater than we are. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, we've got to make room. We've got to make room. I, I, I watch these shows sometimes, I don't know why. Um, but it's about people who hoard things. And they've got so much junk. You know, and I've, you know, when our kids were small, I used to say this all the time. We'd, we'd go out to the car, you know, and if, if you've got toddlers, God bless you. That's all I can say. But we opened the car door with the fear of an avalanche. It's like you just never know what's going to fall out, what's going to break your toe. And I, and I finally developed this line with my family and said, you know, if we keep everything, in here there's soon not going to be any room for us and church I just simply make this appeal to you you know in the prologue of John's gospel it says that Jesus was in the world and the world was created by him and he was in the world and the world knew him not and I think sometimes we could take that same thing of the church and overlay it with the person of the Holy Spirit and say and the church was made by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came to the church and the church knew it not 
because we've got our religious practices down pat. We've got, we've got all of our strategies and all of our systems, and we think we're doing really good with it. But I want to tell you something. The way that you and I are going to win this world, the way that you and I are most effectively going to allow the glory of God to be revealed in our lives, the way that you are going to most effectively walk in victory yourself is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. It's not, it's not going to happen any other way. And I'm just telling you, sometimes we've just accumulated so much junk in our own lives, in our own hearts, that there is no room for the Holy Spirit. And I just want to invite us today to clean his house out. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. Flee from idolatry, the sinful lusts, all that good stuff. Keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, And will be in you. You got to understand this, and you can stand all over this sanctuary. You got to understand this. This is before Jesus' resurrection and ascension that he's speaking to his people, and he's saying to them that the Holy Spirit is with you, and he will be in you. And the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, Jesus says. A little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live in you. I will live in you also. And that day you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. There's several times in the Old Testament when when it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon a certain individual. When David went out to face Goliath, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Can I tell you something today, church? You and I have available to us so much a richer experience in Christ Jesus than even those guys did. As marvelous, as wonderful as the things were that they were permitted to do and to see, you and I can do more and see more and experience more because several times the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon them. But Jesus says for you it's going to be different. And the thing that's going to be different for you we see manifest on the day of Pentecost and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord. And there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were setting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were not covered. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I want to tell you something today, church. His power is available to you. Every word and deed he hears, he sees every activity and he's grieved sometimes by our inconsistencies, but we have to make room in the temple. And I want to invite you today all over this place very solemnly, very simply, 
just to make room. Just to make room in this moment. In just a moment, wherever, if you're watching online, we want you to make an altar where you are. If you're here in this place, we want you to find a place of an altar. And an altar is not necessarily a spot in a building, but it's a posture of a heart. And again, I do believe there's a correlation between the spiritual and the physical. There's a, there's a measure of faith that it takes to step out on a word and begin to operate in that word. And today as we open these altars, it's not necessarily that we're going to come by and pray for you and anything necessarily is going to happen specifically. But today I just want us to begin making room because I believe there's so much more of what God wants to do in the life of this church even than we've ever experienced before but church we have got to make room we've got to pray as the psalmist and say God search my heart put your finger on things in my life that aren't pleasing to you that are crowding out your presence and making it hard for you to indwell my temple and Lord I surrender can we just close today with a moment of surrender? If you're in this place today, and I think it should include all of us, so again, I'm not singling anybody out. I, I think it's all of us. We should all have hearts postured today to say, Holy Spirit, search me, know my heart. Examine me, God. Help me to rid my life, rid my world, rid my mind of all the things, God, that are crowding out your presence. And help me, as Pastor Jessica said earlier, pursue you with my whole heart. Would you come today? Would you just respond to this word? Would you just acknowledge and affirm in the spirit and say, Lord, that, I, I need that. I need that. I need that in my life. I need that in my home. I need that. I just, we need that in our church. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.